Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. I am your co-host, Adam Henning, marketing professional and small business owner. He is co-host Tanner Borton, Bortnum, who is oh. a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert. No edits on this podcast. Welcome to episode <laughs> 41 in the flesh. That's right. We're getting up there. We are. Uh, happy May May the 4th be with you. We are oh, recording right, yeah. May 4th. May so the 4th. Are, do you celebrate? I was going to throw up the, but that's Star Trek, so <laughs> probably, probably just annoyed some people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, funny because I was just saying today to a group of friends that I think Star Wars, I enjoy the movies, a little bit overrated. Oh, the whole celebration of it all. Yeah, I don't, man, like, we just lost listeners. I don't care. <laughs> I enjoy the movies. Do we need May the 4th be with you and Disney theme parks? And I don't know. I don't know. I would also say Harry Potter is super overrated too. But hey, why don't we I'm just, just why don't we fights. just, yeah, why don't we just make everybody <laughs> mad? What's next? Um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, what are some other huge sequels? Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All the nerds Sport, are sports is overrated. NFL, all that. Just we'll just make everybody mad. Yep, <clears throat> we're here to please. That's right. Do me bring it all down. Hey, <laughs> on topic. Um, yeah, I guess. Thanks for calling me negative, Nancy. But today's pod uh, podcast episode topic: uh, perma bears. Uh, a a uh, a term that I wasn't familiar with until about a, a couple hours ago. Um, so Tanner's going to tell us about that and the sale of doom and gloom. So yeah, is um, Star Wars one of the <laughs> things you're going to cover? Uh, I might have to now. Um, maybe get a Darth Vader. Uh, reference in there or something. But uh, yeah, so let's just kind of start with, um, you know, a lot of people may or may not have heard of, you know, a perma bear. Um, definition of that, this is just right off of, you know, investopedia or yeah, investopedia.com. Uh, it's just, a, it's a person who consistently acts in the expectation that the value of stocks and shares will fall regardless of market conditions. So basically what it's saying is just they're they're always bearish. It's always doom and gloom. It's always the sky is falling. Whether data aligns with that, whether um, you know, whether we just are coming out of recession, whether we're, you know, in expansion in the business cycle, like any of those things, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what what's going on. They always think that it's gonna get worse. They always think the market's gonna crash. Um and perma is, you know, just short for permanent, permanent bear. So um, yeah, a lot of times, you know, always preaching the doom and gloom, um, or sometimes, you know, particularly now, cause things are, you know, more volatile and, and we have a lot more, 
uh, going on. Uh, as we alluded to in our last podcast episode, um, you know, with our quarterly review of the first quarter of 2023, um, you know, this isn't the best time. Things aren't all perfectly rosy, but that unfortunately leads to more of these people being interviewed and more and, you know, and, and them getting more of the spotlight because all of a sudden now they're, oh, well, you know, the stock market's going to crash and they've been saying it for the last 12 years. Well, eventually they're going to be right because the stock market will go down. It's part of the business cycle is having a recession. And then all of a sudden they're going to start beating their chest saying how smart they were. But we don't factor in how many times they've been wrong over the last you know 12 years prior to this. So um, with this episode, really just wanted to kind of go over that. Um, you know, we're going to touch on some of those things. We'll, we'll touch and briefly. You're gonna, go you're ahead. Gonna mention particular personalities too, yeah, or uh, I mean, within reason, outlets. Uh, no, I mean it, it's kind of everywhere. To be honest, I mean it really doesn't matter where you're at. It's it's uh, um, you know the the people who are very bearish and are have been calling for a crash in the market. They've been doing it for a really long time, and we'll get into why and like why do they keep getting interviewed? Why do people listen to them? All these things, but just kind of want to go over it uh, and lay out some groundwork just because with everything going on and as volatility does pick up, more and more of these people start you know, spouting out their opinions louder and louder and they get interviewed more and more often. So we're going to run into this news more now. Um, and, you know, and we have been. Um, you know, a lot of people have already been out there uh, for the last you know six nine months, you know, really talking about these things. So, um, anyway, just kind of want to lay out a roadmap for what this episode is going to be about. Um, so, just kind of real quickly, um, so we can hit on some of these things of of what's been going on. You know, go back listen to our last uh, episode if you want more of this in detail. Um, but as everybody's should be definitely aware of at this point, you know, we've had high inflation. It is starting to come down, but we've had you know, forty-year uh, record high inflation. Um, the Fed's, Fed, Federal Reserve, has been raising interest rates. Uh, they just raised interest rates another 025 percent um, here. Would have been yeah yesterday. Uh, so May third, um, unemployment numbers slowly starting to creep up. Um, but you know, the market has gone up approximately fifteen percent year to date from when we're having this recording. But it's still down from its highs. Um, yeah, let's see what else we got. Uh, we still have a, I'll call it reasonable. I don't want to be one of these doom and gloom people, but it, it, there's, there's definitely a reasonable chance, um, or likelihood that we do, you know, go into a recession at some point, you know, this year or early next year. I don't know when it is. I don't pretend to have a crystal ball and pretend I know all the answers. Like a lot of these people are going to talk about coming up. And then the other part that kind of adds, you know, insult to injury is just having some of the bank issues we've had with, uh, you know, we're up to, what is it, three now banks that have been taken over. Um, I was doing some reading earlier today. There's a couple more that are in talks. Every episode from, we put out, we're, we're killing a bank. So Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's it's not us. Three. I mean, and again, yeah, there's two more and they're, they're looking at merging or, or being purchased and, and you know, again, with saying these this, go back and listen to the last episode or the one before where we put one out on SVB. And 
yeah, there's a lot more that we know now than when we did the SVB episode. But at the same time, a lot of it still holds true. If if people didn't have fear and because of doom and gloom, if they didn't have fear and they didn't make a run on the bank, that bank would still be here. I mean, that's one of the legs that we talked about of why that bank failed. There's other legs and other reasons it failed as well. But one of them, if 40% of its assets don't leave in one day, it probably could have weathered that storm. You know, we'll never know. But that's part of of this, this fear and the doom and gloom that continues to be pushed and is definitely being pushed a lot right now that we're, you know, I just want to make everyone aware of so that you don't fall victim to some of what's going on with this. I mean, what would be some of that? that what do you mean? Being a victim, like I've seen. Uh, yeah. Sure. So uh, some people who are perma bears, uh, we're going to try to not name a ton of names unless I have resources to articles that I'm quoting because then it's someone else's problem because I'm just reading off of an article. Uh, but there oh, are people, geez. well, I don't need any defamation lawsuits against me. Um, there oh. are individuals out there, most of which who are not financial advisors, they're not CFPs, they're not attorneys, they're just people who have opinions and somehow they got enough, I don't know, something where they get Clout. a mic in front of them. Yeah, yeah, for one reason or another, um, they get a mic in front of them and they're going to talk about how they know that you know the next market crash is coming, it's going to be worse than the Great Depression, and if you don't want to lose all your assets, buy my book or sell all your stuff and buy gold or sell all your stuff and buy crypto. That was the one a couple of years ago. Government's going to crash. The dollar's going to go away. You need to have buy all your assets in crypto. Okay, well, let's see how that worked out for people if they would have done that, you know, a year, year Oof. and a half ago, right? Exactly. But it's those types of things that, 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 and there are now, hopefully most people listening to this don't fall into that. And there's like, yep, that's garbage, not listening to it. But unfortunately there are people out there that do fall into this or it wouldn't exist and it wouldn't happen. These are, I mean, it's another, it's another sales tactic utilizing fear for, you know, the quote unquote snake oil salesman, you know, like they're using fear to get you to do something that they can then profit off of, whether it's buy their book, subscribe to their newsletter, uh, buy gold that they've already purchased. So hopefully the price goes up. You know, there's tons of things that you have to look through it and say, well, what is their incentive for doing this? We have nothing to sell. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's, one of the things we'll get into is how, what should people be doing, you know, now. And and it's getting advice from people, you know, we'll hit on it again, but getting advice from people who don't earn a commission. I don't earn a commission from any of my clients. I have no reason to try to sell them anything other than what's in their best interest because there's no commissions. That unfortunately just is not the world we live in for most people in my industry. And so when they're selling you something, they have to create a story. They have to create an emotional reaction from you. And one of the easiest emotions to get people to act is fear. 
Um, that's why, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard, you know, what's the market move up by? Fear and greed, right? Those are the two things. I don't want to miss out on crypto two years ago. I don't want to miss out FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Okay, well, that's greed. And then things like right now, making emotional decisions based on what's happened in the markets rather than what's factually going on or because some person said that, you know, the United States isn't going to exist in three years or, you know, whatever, the dollar is going to be taken over. Like there's, there's not a lot of weight behind some of these things and it causes people to make decisions that based on that fear. And that's, you know, that's where I was trying to help, you know, if it's something you want to do because it's what you believe in and, you know, you've done a lot of research in it by all means, but like, we just don't want you to be making kind of a knee jerk reaction because one person or whatever who's trying to sell you their book said, hey, you should do this. It's funny because I saw something about uh, the largest bank failure since 2008, just right before we hopped on. Yeah. And technically that's true. Yeah. Technically it's true. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, you know, it, we also haven't had a ton of bank failures since 2008. So, I mean, it's kind (laughs) of like, you know, it's like a earlier episode we did about uh, manipulating statistics, right? Yeah. Like if you cherry pick the dates, you can cherry pick how the stats look. So, so speaking of recession, what uh, what should we do instead, and why shouldn't we let that word scare us? Uh, for the for recession, um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really scary word. Um, and again, this is uh, it's more from psychology. It's one of the things I'm very into: um, behavioral finance and behavioral psychology. Um, it's, it's called anchoring, right? And what have the last two recessions provided? Well, you have 2007, 2008, ended in 2009, uh, the Great Recession, and then you have the dot-com um, early 2000s uh, recession. And technically, we had a flash recession with the pandemic, but it's technically one, but we're not really going to focus on that. Um, but... Wrong <laughs> yeah, wrong, wrong. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's a really scary word because we anchor to that. We haven't had a quote unquote normal, you know, recession. And and what a recession is. Let's explain that first. What a recession is is it is part of the business cycle. So in the business cycle, you start with expansion, then you have a peak. And then you have a recession and you have your trough at the bottom and then you start expansion again. It's just a circle, right? Uh, Not really a circle, but like hills, never ending hills. And so it's part of the business cycle that it is and should be expected by everyone at some point in time that we're going to have a recession. And all a recession is, all the word means is a slowdown in economic activity we can still be making money. Companies can still be making money. It just means they're not making it as quickly as they were. They had a pullback. You know, they can still be profitable. Not every recession has to turn into 2007, 2008. Now, there are bad recessions, a la 2007, 2008, a la the Great Depression. You can even throw 2000, you know, 99, 2000, 2001 into that. Those are some big ones. But then there's 
1994. Not a terrible one. Uh, let me look at some of these other ones that we have here um, that weren't, you know, terrible. Um, these are the early 1900s. But you, so when in earlier episodes, we were leery of using the word recession. So, well, correct. Because here's the thing it has not been called yet. Because again, uh, just as a, as a reminder, there is a board of people who look at all the economic data, not just one industry. They look at all the economic data and they determine when a recession started. And typically, they'll look at the data and then they'll say, oh, yep, it started last month. Well, it didn't start last fall because they would have had enough data to claim that it started last fall. And that's when people, even last summer, people were saying, we're in a recession last summer. Okay, no, we weren't because they haven't said that we were. You know, And that's, that's the part where it's like, it's not just based on, because we went over this last year, uh, you know, when this was happening. It's not just based on two negative quarters, two consecutive negative quarters of GDP. That's an indicator. That's one of the things that they look at, but it's not all of it. And we had that happen, and so people are calling for a recession. So we, as of this, as of right now, from all, all of what we know at this recording, we're not in one yet. So there's just a higher likelihood that we enter into one is why we're talking about it now. And if we go into one, it doesn't mean that we need to be petrified and expect it to be 2007, 2008 again. It might just be something like 1994. In 1994, uh, the markets went down about, where are we at here? Uh, you know, 30%. No one really likes that, obviously, but it's not something like the Great Depression. That was 80%. You know, the financial crisis, that was 51% that the markets went down. Um, you know, a, a lot of recessions sit in the 20 to 30 range. Um, again, that's just basing things off of history. doesn't mean that it's, that's what's going to happen this time. It's just trying to use past data to say, hey, this isn't a guarantee that if we go into recession, it's like, you know, worst case scenario, we're having 07, 08 happen again. So that's what I'm trying to say is like, we don't need to necessarily be scared of the, the R word, recession, because it doesn't always lead to terrible, terrible times. And it actually also provides opportunity. You cannot have massive amounts of growth if you do not have a pullback first. So, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but it provides a lot of opportunity and a lot of wealth in the country is made following a recession. And if you don't want to have any recessions and you don't want the market to have volatility, that's called a money market account. And you're not going to get a lot of interest rate on that. You are now at 4%, but even that, that's not really a good growth rate. It's something where it'll pay you for some money that's in there, but you don't want to put your whole life savings in there. You're never going to really have any growth on it. So where does the, uh, where does the opportunity lie? And uh, is that well, something that we as listeners can can take advantage of in certain ways or is that going to be reliant upon our financial advisor? Uh, it'll depend. Uh, it's, it can be both. So the opportunity presents itself in, you know, when a recession happens, let's hypothetically say we go into a recession this year. We're just using this as a hypothetical. And if the markets go down 30% from where they are so that we just have our 
kind of normal, shallow recession, you're able to go in and buy assets 30% lower than what they currently are. So then when the markets come back, even once they just get back to neutral, that's more than a 30% gain. And we went over that, the math on it, go back into a previous episode and and, and kind of work that through, right? Um, so when you're able to have investments and whether it's a 401k and you just keep putting money in every month and you just, yeah, times like this suck, they do. But when you keep putting in money or when you have that IRA or when you have some money that's sitting in that money market account and you're earning something and, and then you throw it into the markets when you know that recession happens. Those are times that are buying opportunities. And it's something that our good friend Warren, I probably shouldn't say that, I've never met Warren. I would love to meet Warren and be a friend with him. <laughs> but our hypothetical, well, he's real. I wish my good friend Warren Buffett, <laughs> you know, what he's he says Yoda. is, exactly. What he says is, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. And right now is a time where people are really fearful because of all this crap we're talking about and all these fear mongers out there trying to talk about how terrible everything is. So he's going to be greedy. He's going to go buy things because you're buying things on sale. Do the opposite of what the masses are doing. And that is going to lead to a lot better odds. Nothing's a guarantee in investing, but it definitely gives you a lot better probability of picking some stocks that do well or picking ETFs because you're buying things that are lower. And I just want to go through a couple of numbers. I don't want to get too much into the weeds of this, but like, let's look back at some of the previous recessions that we've had. Um, let's go Can back to- Can I ask you a to, question first? Absolutely. Uh, so as someone that contributes into the market monthly, mm-hmm. would now be a good time, like, hypothetically- to front load some of that, you know, um, that investment, and if 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 means are able, obviously. But um, so, like a Roth IRA, if you're just planning out and going to contribute five hundred bucks a month, would now be a time to dump two three thousand, and obviously you're going to max that out quicker. Um, if you're on the again, plan. I yep. So Can't disclaimer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not advice for people. It's up to you. Also, I always throw out this. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't try to pretend that I know what's coming. And I think that if anyone does that and they think they have certainty of knowing what's coming, you actually shouldn't listen to them uh, because you're being sold. You're not getting advice. Like no one knows the future six, eight, 12 months from now. Um, what we do know is what's happened in the past. And one thing that has happened in the past is that we have never had a bottom in the market before being in a recession. And since we technically have not been in a recession yet, which they've had plenty of time to say we would have been in one last fall, that data tends to lead to there may be a lower value to come because the low point as of right now was last fall. So I would not be shocked if we go test those lows again. So would I suggest to one of my clients throw a bunch of money in right now? No, because we've had a good start to the year. The markets are up about 15%. And, and as we said in the last episode on the market uh, Q1, I don't think there was enough catalysts in that to justify that big of a move in the first quarter. I think that's 
a hope and a prayer and people just being annoyed with the markets being down as long as they are and just we're going to put some money in. I mean, I, 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 there's no data to kind of drive that. So I would not be surprised if we go lower. Now, again, I would love to be wrong. Absolutely love to be wrong. I'm just going off of data. That's how I run the business. So based on that, I would say no. Um, I would just keep doing what you're doing monthly. And if there is a low, I mean, that's the thing. If there is, and, and you're never going to time it. Don't try to time the markets. Um, you know, if you if you're a person that has a bunch of money sitting in cash, throw a little bit in every once in a while. If you have your 401k, just have it set and keep putting that money in every month. Because when, you know, and and if if the market's dropped 20% from here and you want to up it at that point, I wouldn't fault you for it. That would make sense to me. Um, but at this point I don't think that that's necessary uh right now. So now, kind of getting back just to a little bit uh, more of the data, talking about where the opportunity is. So looking back at some of, and I know that no one can see my screen, so bear with me. Do you want but, to? Or can you? Uh, no, I, I, I'm sure that I can do that, but it would take too long to figure it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's, not a, it's not a problem. So um, I'm just going to go over a few of the previous recessions that we've had uh, in you know the last... Well, this goes back almost 100 years. We won't do the old ones because that's not as as big of a deal. So uh, it looks like, you know, roughly, uh, what are we at here? This would be about 1974. There was a recession, uh, 74, 75. Markets went down 43%. No one liked, uh, obviously no one likes money going down at all. That's, that's one of the bigger ones, you know, 43%. That's more than the 20 to 30 average. But after that, once the recession was over and you get back into that expansion phase, uh, there was 844% growth from that point. So you went down 43, but then you got 844 if you just stayed in the markets. And then that was followed by a 30% pullback and then followed by 817 more percent for 153 months worth. It took 153 months, whatever that is, uh, in years for another 837%. You know, the one after 2007, 2008, right? 51% down, followed by a 529% increase. Like, these are huge numbers. And if you listen to these fear mongers who are the doom and glooms because they really talk about it, they don't talk about it when things are high. I mean, I shouldn't say it. They're always talking about the market's going to crash, but they really talk about it when there's a little bit of data pointing in the direction of them being right because they've been wrong for so long. This is their moment of glory that something's kind of in, the, in their, you know, going in their favor, so to speak. If you listen to them and pull your money out of the markets, I mean, no one times the markets perfectly. You're going to have to pick that point perfect to get back in at the bottom and people tend to miss that. So just have a good financial, and this is what you were alluding to, Adam, with... Can anyone do this? Absolutely. If you're not working with a financial advisor, do your best to create your own financial plan. And, and hopefully you're getting some good advice from us and not listening to the fear mongers and you're staying invested. Suggestions. Yes. Um, if you have a financial advisor, make sure, and we always hit this, so I sound like a broken record and I get it, but it's, it's the basis of all of this. 
have a good financial plan because the financial plan that's well-built is well-built to withstand both the ups to take advantage of it, but withstand the downs because we know that they're coming. There will be another recession. If we go into one this year, there will be another one that comes. There are two things that happen in the markets. Recessions followed by the market going up. Like, you know, we've had terrible, terrible things that have happened in the history of this country. But if you look at the stock market and you zoom out far enough, what does it look like? Looks like that. It's going up. There are times where it comes down, but, you know, historically it's going to keep going up over Hit long Hit that one more time. time. Is that like a dab? <laughs> it's always going up. Um, so, and then have a long-term outlook, right? Like, as I just alluded to, the longer you can project out and give yourself the better chances you're going to have to not have to worry about these short-term recessions or these short-term pullbacks in the market, even if it's not deemed a recession. So, um, and then if you are working with an advisor, again, hitting things we've always talked about, make sure it's someone that you trust. Make sure they have expertise. Not that they just say they have expertise. Make sure that they got some alphabet soup behind their name. And then look into what that alphabet soup means because there's a lot of alphabet soup that doesn't mean anything. It's a weekend course. Or there's things like the CFP. Obviously, I'm biased because I have that one. But there are other good ones. A CFA is really good. Um, RIPC is a pretty good one. Like AIF is a pretty good one. Like Just look into it. Look into the, what it took to get it. And then you can get a good idea of the, you know, the worthiness of it. If it takes a long time to get it, it's probably something that is worth it. If it's a weekend course, probably doesn't mean a whole lot. You could go get that one, Adam. Um, mm, make, no sure that the, <laughs> make sure Sounds that the advisor is selling uh, something. <laughs> well, exactly. But that's different. That's the advisors getting sold. Um, make sure that your advisor is a fiduciary, that they're legally required to put your interest ahead of their own. And then I always say this, which this one's harder to find, but find an advisor that does not receive commissions. Because at times like this, when markets go down, again, not all, but when markets go down, commission-based advisors tend to try to get people to move out of something. And when you move, they're getting a commission. You're making changes every time you make changes or anytime you go from markets to, oh, the markets are scary now, let's put you in an annuity or something like that. You're, you're getting hit. They're getting big commissions. And you have to always ask yourself, is that in your best interest or is it because it's going to give them a commission? And when you work with someone who doesn't have commissions, you never have to worry about that. It's just, this is their advice. Take it or leave it. Um, so I would focus on those things and then, you know, just follow our buddy Warren. I'm just going to call him our buddy. Follow our buddy Warren and do the opposite of the masses. You know, when everyone is being fearful like they are now, go be greedy. Go, you know, go stock up on some really good ETFs or really good stocks or whatever you choose, bond ETFs. Um, and then when everyone is, you know, really, really thinking that we're in utopia and the markets are amazing and it can and it'll never go down because that happens too. There are perma bulls. I want to be fair. There are perma bulls that think think the markets are always just going to go straight up, and that doesn't happen either. Um, 
I think they're less dangerous than the perma bears, but neither are good. Um, but when people are being gr- greedy in that regard, maybe you take some of your, you know, take some of your gains off the table because we know that the market does not go straight up. It will keep going up, but it's like a stair step or a mountain climber. You know, you got to go up to a peak and back down, right? It doesn't just go straight up or straight down. In a world of bulls and bears, be a dolphin or be a goldfish. Dang it, I screwed it up. (laughs) I haven't heard that one. Be a goldfish? What, short memory? No, you want to know what your memory or you want to have. Come on, man. I've I've watched it. Yeah. Oh, come on. Never mind. Because he has a short term memory. Though. Be... We don't want to have a short term memory. We want to base things off of history and facts. I just wanted to plug that line because oh, you were that's fair. Yeah. I was being what's a world I was being uh oh go ahead. What's a world like without Warren Buffett? It's gonna be sad. Are the markets um, gonna react? Yeah, I mean like I mean, I'm sure on a very short-term basis, uh, particularly his company, Berkshire Hathaway. But, you know, he's such a smart dude. It's not like he's sitting there. I mean, Warren's an amazing investor, but his business partner, who actually is a little bit older, Charlie Munger, also an amazing investor. So you can't tell me that those two sat there and were like, we're going to keep all the secrets and not let anyone else in on how to do this. Like, he tells everyone what the secret is. Don't buy... Um, he tries to buy, he started out trying to buy amazing companies that were, or, or, no, I'm saying it wrong. He tried to buy companies that were highly undervalued, but that's really hard to find. So instead he started buying good or excellent companies that are fairly valued or slightly below fair. And then you just hold on to them. You want to be an owner. You know, he sits there and owns Coke forever. He's owned Apple for numerous years you know it's just that's their secret sauce so to speak except he tells everyone what it is and no one can yeah, replicate it's not it really it's boring <laughs> that's why it's and boring. that's what we said last time right in the last episode investing is supposed to be boring it's not supposed to be all this fear and greed and high highs and and low lows like it's just supposed to sit there and chug along and you got to take the emotion out of it the best you can because that's when bad decisions are made. When you bring emotion into investing, it's usually a recipe for disaster. All right, Mr. Perma Bear. No, no, no. Don't add? put me in that camp. I'm uh, I'm Switzerland in this. I am neither. Just use the facts. No, that's all good. Okay. I think that's a good one. So, and then, and, and, you know, like we said, we didn't, Pick at any individual person. I'm sure we all have heard it. I'm sure we all know individuals. You could definitely do research into, you know, who some of the most notorious doomsdayers are, or you know, different people who have been claiming um, that you know the markets are going to go down for the last or, or crash. I should say, not necessarily just go down. The markets are going to crash for the last like 12 or 13 years, and they haven't been right yet. So I'm really confused why anyone really listens well they keep doubling down and i don't know why they are allowed to keep doubling down like at some point i don't know why you get interviewed by news channels or wherever like you've been wrong for 12 straight years why are we allowing you to claim that your opinion is valid at this point you know like you're 
this is terrible. <laughs> this, is a, this is a terrible track record, right? Like if I lost my client's money for 12 straight years, do you think that I would have a job? Like, no. So I don't understand why these people are allowed to continue to be interviewed and have their news articles and whatnot, but it sells. So I guess that's for the news channels. That's what they want. Doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Any other Star Wars? Oh, uh, I didn't get any Darth Vader in there or anything. Nah, no. Nah, I mean, I mean, give us your your best Yoda impression. No, don't do that. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, you can do it, but I won't. Learning, you are. There you go. That was pretty yeah, good. Pretty, pretty good. good. All right. Yep. Enough of that. See, so. talked about being overrated when we talked about it a lot. So, anyways, we hope this episode has been helpful as always. Thanks for listening. If you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you have any questions or suggestions, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That is podcast at financiallysharp.com. Check us out on YouTube. See us in the flesh. Search Financially Sharp Podcast. Don't forget to click the bell and subscribe to our channel. See you later. You will hear us and see us in the next episode. Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you.